0: I mean, it's really even in the Ten Commandments. Honor your mother and father, your parents, so that your days will be long. What do you do, though, when you live in the home of parents who really, really aren't honorable people. Mm. Well, that's going to be our topic today at Life Talks. My name is Dan. I'm with Ben. We are the teaching pastors at Life Fellowship in Charlotte. We're in the middle of a series on family legacy, parenting, and and all the different subtopics that go with that. We invite our readers all the time to—our readers, our listeners. Hey, <laughs> if, if I'm, I'm not leaving. sure if we have a Braille thing going on <laughs> or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> subtitles or something. so. Uh, how would you yes. do braille on a, on a, uh, anyway, <laughs> we get distracted so easily. No, but this is a question that came from yeah. our, our email uh, address at lifetalks at And it was, it was given to us by, by someone who is living in a dysfunctional home, apparently. Mm-hmm. And, and they said, I desire to do the right thing. I desire to honor my parents, but Sometimes it's difficult because mm-hmm. the behavior of my parents is less than honorable. Yeah. How do I cope with that? So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Ben, give us your wisdom.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> uh, you know, this is a great question. And I think it's, all of us could say this, that there are, I don't care who your parent was, you you know, whether you had a good parent or bad parent, mm-hmm. there, there comes a moment in everyone's life when you're able, your eyes are are open and you start seeing the you know the, the inconsistencies, the weaknesses, the uh, hypocrisy of your parents. Mm-hmm. right. And, and you know when when kids are young, they look at their their moms and dads and they think they can do no wrong and there's like almost like this hero complex, right? But as your kids get older and the more they're able to see and recognize the reality of your own sinfulness, Kid, this is what, kids recognize this, mm-hmm. right? And so I, I think there's two words that come to my mind, and I have learned this from from someone that I've read about when dealing with dysfunctional homes. And uh, his name was Dan Allender. I don't I don't agree with everything Dan Allender writes or teaches, but but he he is a person who's written a lot about families and healing and dysfunction and all kinds of stuff. But one of the things that he says is two things you have to continually do with your family, and that is you have to honor. And you have to be honest, mm-hmm. and I think he, you know, one of his main points was, a lot of families really emphasize the honor, uh, and not the honesty, or the honesty without the honor, and I think that if we're going to honor God with the fifth commandment that you that you mentioned, um, but also honor the truth is you have to hold both of those in your hand to say, you know what, um, I'm going to show honor to my parents because. Uh, you know, obviously there are parents. Whether they, if they're abusive, they, there are some really rotten parents out mm-hmm. there. But you know, let's just be honest. All of our parents fit on this spectrum, and n- none of them are are perfect, and none of them are totally, completely debauched. I mean, maybe there's a handful, but there's a spectrum of of good and good and bad. And what you've got to do is you have to, as as a young person, or even as an older person, maybe you're an adult, and all of a sudden some things start coming up inside of you, and you start feeling like man, my parents didn't do this right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes you're like, what do I do with that? Because you've only honored your parents, but you've never really thought about honestly through how, how some of their mistakes have harmed you. And I think it's, it's learning how to do both. How do I hold honor in one hand and honesty in the other and, and live with both? And so I'm not ignoring one over the other, because I think when you ignore one without the other, you, that's where really dysfunction happens. And, and there's, there's really, uh, it's going to do some internal issues uh, inside of you because you're not sure how to make sense of the parents that you had.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I, I love the difference between honoring and, and being honest. And and I, I would add to it a, a couple of thoughts. And, and one of them is make sure we understand what the word honor means. Um, Absolutely. Sometimes we conflate this commandment with the one that says, children, obey your parents and Lord for this is right, and equate obedience and honor. Mm. Um, But honor has limitations. Obedience has limitations. You don't obey someone and violate God or violate God's word or Mm -hmm. violate truth. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's important that that we understand that there is is a limit— to what we should do in showing honor, mm-hmm. and we should not dishonor God in our pursuit of honoring our parents, yeah. if that means that we obey uh, a parent directive that is counter to God's word. Yeah. So th- that that's one aspect of it. The other thing too is I I believe the responsibility of how a child relates to the parents also adjusts as they
1: age 100%. That's as, a hundred percent as you know point. as a child
0: honoring your parents does mean obedience and it means respectful submission and mm. other things but as an adult we honor our parents by caring for them hmm. by by listening to their wisdom by encouraging them by caring for them in their infirmity and their agedness um, those are ways to show honor to someone and you know An example of that, I think, would would be my my wife. And I don't think she minds me talking about this situation because her parents are both dead and have been for a long time. She grew up in a home where her mother was a very godly, wonderful lady and died very horrifically and tragically uh, painfully from cancer when Mm. my wife was only 19. Her father, on the other hand... Was a very very difficult man who was an alcoholic, mm. um, not not a believer in, mm. in, in as we would know it, and um, and and so did a lot of things that I would I would say have left you know painful memories and scars and so forth. But the thing I've always admired about my wife to the day that to, to the very day that my father in law died, she always treated him with honor. Mm. She loved him unconditionally. He embarrassed her at times. It was it was mm. hard. Uh, he made her cry. There were times that I would intervene because he would be, you know, inebriated and saying horrible things, and and I could see the response, and I would have to protect my wife's heart from her own father, mm. but she never... Never raised her voice in anger. She never she never belittled him. Mm. She never dragged up the past. And in that, I felt like my wife was always just a wonderful example of someone who found a way to honor a parent who rarely, in my opinion, yeah. acted honorably. So I, I, I think it doesn't mean that you have to obey. It doesn't mean that you have to agree. It means that you temper your response mm. in respect to the role that they played in your
1: life. Yeah. And and I think that I, I love what you said there. Then. That's a beautiful example. I think that you—it's okay to put boundaries around a relationship that's that's really harmful to mm-hmm. you, right? Um, but at the same time, we can love them. And and another way to honor, I think, is recognize and be grateful for the good that they have done. I think mm-hmm. that's uh, you know, there might be a massive issue that you've had with a mother or a father that that brought a lot of negativity. Uh, they've sinned against you deeply, and. One of the things that I think is is tempting for young people to do is they create a monolithic narrative about their parents. And what I mean by that is either everything was horrible or everything was wonderful, you know. And 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 what they fail to do is to say, you know, I think the enemy loves this. I think the enemy what they want to do is they want to give you a monolithic narrative about your parents, especially if it's more negative and you know they're horrible and they did all these horrible things and. You know, maybe they did. You know, out of a thousand things that a parent did, maybe there's a hundred things that, may, yeah, they shouldn't have done those things. That's not the narrative, though. The, there's, so honor and be grateful for the good things that you're that you you have from your parents, mm-hmm. the things that they did teach you, the things that they did provide for you. Um, can you name the the good that your parents brought to your life? But also, can you name the negative. So I think the one thing I I first want to say about the honoring is, don't let the enemy or your pain dictate the entire narrative. I've seen it happen so many times to so many people, and what they tend to do is think everything was great. Not, my family, we never had any problems and we never had any issues. And I I want to say, well, you're lying, <laughs> yeah. okay? Because he, here's the reality, Dan. I mean, a parent might be listening to this and they're driving in the car or they're whatever they're working out, and you know. Here's a really sobering thought. You are doing something mom or dad right now that in your parenting style, they're going to look at you in 15 20 years and be like, "Why did you do that? Mm-hmm. That that really harmed me." Mm-hmm. Okay? You and I we have kids that are old, are old enough that we've had conversations when they said, "When you said this or when you did this, that really hurt that really hurt me or mm-hmm. that that's something that has a negative impact on my life." And and you know, I'm thankful that my my kids are honest with me about Hey when you said this that was that was hard for me. Um and we can have that kind of conversation. I've been able to to apologize for some certain mistakes that I've made. But I think that we are lying to ourselves. If you're a parent listening to this, um do not try to protect like sometimes it's like parents have to defend their honor. Just know you're going to make mistakes. Yes, absolutely. A- embrace and and correct if you can find out what they are, correct them in time and apologize. But, you know, I had a dad and I love my dad. My dad is an amazing man. He's one of my heroes. But I can definitely tell you that his temper did a number on me. Mm-hmm. Right. You grew up with a dad with a temper as well. Again. And so we can look back and say, there there were some wounds and there were some there was some carryover into my own parenting that affected me negatively from his anger. And he because he experienced anger and a temper from his dad. It was just kind of mm-hmm. this passed down legacy. And so to me, one of the things that we get to do is. God show me if you are a parent. God show me what are the things that I'm I'm doing that I'm not even aware of right now. Um, but don't don't freak out. Like if you're if you are a, a parent, the last thing that you want to do is when your kid says, "Hey, when you did this, that was really harmful." Well, guess what? You know,
0: <laughs> when you did this. <laughs> well, let me tell you,
1: you don't have to defend yourself. You don't have to point to all the you know. Just own it and thank them for their honesty thank them that you, you care, that they care enough about you to share with them their heart and and walk them tell me you know walk me through how that what that did to you i think if we are gracious and generous and we are confident enough that we don't have to understand we don't have to be perfect mm. that we are sinners we we are being sanctified and that yeah there's a lot of mistakes that we've made that god is is working to to heal and improve man we can we can move forward and have a gracious spirit with all of that and so you know, you don't have to, you don't have to defend yourself because you're never, no parent is ever going to be perfect.
0: Yeah. I, I would also say, you know, to a child who grew up in the home of a of dysfunction or whatever, don't hold your parents to a standard that you're not willing to be held to yourself. Mm, that's really good. Um, and that's why this, this ability to forgive and be forgiven mm-hmm. is, is essential in, in mm-hmm. both directions. We, you know, again the only perfect parent is god the father <laughs> you know yeah. and 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 so and and, and we live we live a life of ideals mm-hmm. um, that that's the wonderful thing of truth but we're all broken fallen yeah. and marred so we live with reality but we pursue ideals and, um, and and all of us need grace. Hmm. And if we need grace, we ought to be willing to extend grace. Yes. So um, some sometimes our parents are doing what they had modeled for them. Now the question is, will you as the next generation break that cycle? That's right. Will you get yes. victory over yes. it? Yes. Will you admit that it's problematic? The other thing, I, I, I do want to just kind of throw a caution and please understand, I'm not talking about moral relativism or relativism with regards to truth. But I do think there are, even in the Ten Commandments, we have to realize that there are some implied limitations. For instance, when it says, thou shall not murder, all right? Um, And the definition of murder can mean several things. You know, we have to be really careful because sometimes it's thou shall not kill and we use it. But, But the bottom line is there are some times when the your life is under threat or your family's life is under right. threat, just war that you must take the life of another person under these circumstances. Mm. So I I would, and the same as you know, don't commit adultery. That does not free the other person to, to be seductive, to, mm. to dress, you know, in a way that's, mm-hmm. you know, we, we have responsibilities on both sides of the equation. Right. Anytime we're dealing in human relationships. Right. So even in the family relationship, there are some things that disqualify you from parenthood. If you, if, if you sexually abuse your child yes if 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 you know uh, and there are sadly the case, but we've been a minister enough where a parent murders the other parent mm. you're you're freed from obligations at at that point to you, you know to respond like if if they were of honor,
1: mm. you, you you can forgive. You can forgive. Yes,
0: it, but you you may choose to put the boundary up That's that right. says I can't have you in my life, uh-huh. uh, because now you're as an adult in a position where you have to protect your family, your children. Mm. You see, and I, if 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 you have a parent who is a pedophile, yeah. you're certainly not in an effort to honor them going to let them have access to your children. Yeah. Or yeah. if you do, you're nuts. Yeah. So uh, I understand. God gave us a mind, He gave us discernment, and and that's not a violation of the Ten Commandments. It is just using biblical wisdom and yeah. discernment. I, I
1: think one of the things that saddens me, Dan, is that there's you know, you see the secularists use this today for for people who, especially within the the realm of gender and sexuality, of parents that want to have a raise their kids Christian and they're like, oh, you know, it's almost like you can reject. Your parents because Mm -hmm. they have standards for you, right? Right, right. and we see that, and and I that's a perversion of what Dan just talked about. One of the things you said, Dan, that I want to, I, I, think it's important to emphasize or to camp on for a little bit. Um, you mentioned that no parent is as perfect as our heavenly Father, and one of the things I think is really important is that we learn that, you know, we can all look back and say, you know, I, I, my parents didn't do this well. Whatever, whatever your parent didn't do well, you have, I think it's important for, especially for those of us who have Christ as our Lord and Savior, we know that we've also been invited into this relationship where God is our Father. And anything that we lack from a human perspective or human dimension of, of parentage, um, we are now given the fullness of this relationship with a Heavenly Father who is perfect who does know, you know, how to give good gifts to his children, who does know how to discipline us perfectly, not harshly. He, he knows how to love us. And, you know, one of my favorite lines, uh, or one of my favorite, not lines, one of my favorite statements that Jesus ever made was uh, in his high priestly prayer and when he prays in John 17 that, that his disciples would understand and know the love that exists between Jesus and the Father that exists before the foundation of the world. And what I I love that about that statement is Jesus is basically saying the fullness of the way that the God the Father relates to God the Son and in the, the love that exists between them, he's Jesus is asking the Father for us to experience that same kind of love. And man, that is that's the kind of love that whatever you feel like is lacking from your earthly parents, you have a heavenly parent. You have a heavenly father who will fill in the gap and love you above and beyond what you could possibly imagine. And so I think that's, you know, if we're looking for our earthly parents to make everything right, that's not, you're never going to find it's that. Realistic. It's not realistic. In fact, I would, I would even say this. One of the big problems is I think some people that they they're they're finally honest about some of the hurt and the pain they've experienced or, or maybe some of the, the the wrongs they have felt. And you know, they're looking for justice. And so they're gonna have this, you know, this conversation with their parents and you're gonna, you know <laughs> let them know all the things they did wrong. Well, number one, uh, I don't know if that's a good idea. It doesn't mean that you should never be honest, but I also think this you shouldn't kick down a door where it's not open, mm-hmm. okay? And sometimes you gotta really pray about that moment to say, all right, God, what sh- if the moment ever arises for me to talk to my mom or my dad about this issue what should i say and how should i say it i think you should be very prayerful be respectful um but the question you have to ask yourself is this if i if i was going to get a chance to talk to my parents about some things that they've done to me that have have hurt me um what am i really looking for you know because because mm-hmm. i think a lot of times in and, and if you're old enough to to evaluate some things that have gone on you might be looking for something that they're not gonna give you. You might you might say, hey, you did this to hurt me, and they're gonna be like, well, so what? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it makes everything worse, and now it's yeah. awkward, and and again, uh, you pray that that doesn't happen, but even if it does, you have to remember that even if I'm honest with my parents about some of the things that they have done to me, right? and you're walking through all that, you don't have to, their response is their response. Mm-hmm. You have a Heavenly Father that's gonna love you perfectly, And you don't have to even have, again, if God opens the door for you to have a conversation with them, great. Um, But but I would just say be patient and don't force that conversation because the outcome of that might make matters worse. And I'm and, and again, that's a that's a something you're gonna have to navigate on your own. I, I, I just I'm saying be honest, but sometimes just be honest with yourself and being honest with God is all you can do.
0: And have reasonable expectations. 100%. Not every situation gets resolved this side of eternity. Exactly. And you can't always tie a nice bow on a yes, package. Yes. So one thing I, I just kinda wanna say as we close out too and um you know there's a high likelihood the person who wrote this email is is probably still living at home, an mm-hmm. adolescent perhaps. And a couple of things: to, if you're a teenager listening to this, and I know we have a lot of teenagers who do listen to this podcast, um, one of the things I would just challenge and encourage you to do is patiently await your adulthood. Hmm. Uh, there's, you know, that's a real that's great advice. If you're old that. enough to to be feeling this way, you're probably on the cusp of adulthood, but you may still be living under your parents' roof. Mm-hmm. Um, your perspective will change as you age. That's, that, right. that's real. I don't mean that in a condescending way. It's just a fact of life. Um, you're going to be a parent a lot longer than you were a child. Mm-hmm. So um, the, you will get through this. It's 18 to 20-some-odd 20 years, 22, 23 years, and then you'll be able to, to place the boundaries and, and negotiate the terms of your future relationship. Um, And there's also going to come another time when, in patience, you're going to have to deal with elderly parents who may be ill, infirmed, um, may lose some mental faculties. um, And you're going to have to parent and exercise wisdom and deal with a parent who may be acting very childishly at some point in your future. It's the nature of our fallen and broken world, our marred creation. Um, so learn during these moments where you're still under, uh, you know, their authority and under their roof, uh, but prepare your heart for that day when you will be accountable for the decisions you make under your roof with your children and, and then aspire to in the latter years of your parents' life, to be able to show them perhaps things that they never
1: showed you That's, a, that's as the role is reversed. It's beautiful, so, Dan. I think that's right. a great way to tie up a... A beautiful episode in a bow. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I'm getting all verklempt over here.
0: <laughs> well, thanks, <laughs> thanks again to our listeners and for the great suggestions you've been sending in to us at Life Talks at LifeCharlotte.com. We're going to continue this series throughout the next couple of months, and I hope you'll continue to send your good ideas to us. But until next time, thanks as always for listening us listening to us here at Life Talks.
1: You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of life fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit LifeCharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.